How's it going, everybody? Welcome to tonight's show. Um, looks like we got Bent Wookie. How are you doing this evening? And Wookie's doing good. Of course, that's his, that's a reference for the Simpsons fans out there. It's a little Ralph Ralph Wiggum. I bent my Wookie. That was actually that was one of my that was my first um, email name. One of my first time I it was bent Wookie at AOL.com when I was like around 18, just starting college. So like all of, <laughs> and I would, my subject, I would always put the subject as pudding because it was just fun to see re-pudding. And, you know, <laughs> you're talking about serious stuff and it's like, we're talking, we're re-pudding. And because my response was, well, everybody likes pudding. So how are you guys doing? Good. John, how are you? How's the day <laughs> treating you? Good. I was going to say, I, I laughed at that just because it's, as an inside joke between me and Chris, uh, we used to call our sister Wookie all the time. Still do, yeah. Wookie. So she's crazy. got some bot. She's got some body hair issues. Is what's that's? I'm assuming. <laughs> I don't think we should talk about that. Yeah. All right. All right. It's your sister. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, keep it classy. Hey, I'm doing pretty good this this evening. Uh, it was a long week, so I'm happy that we are here. Uh, I love this show, and uh, this week we have some more debate going on. Uh, last week's episode went over pretty well with the um, automation talk, so hopefully this one will breed more of the same. First off, I want to bring up a story, though, that involves 3D printing and automation, which we talked about last week. They seem to tie very well together, and so we'll get right on into that. Yeah, what are, what are we talking about? What's uh, go ahead, hit me, hit me with the uh, the latest three D printing news. So Adidas is actually releasing a new shoe design that is made from a three D printed sole. So the bottom part is three D printed, and the upper of the shoe is made by woven threads that are being woven by a robot. Yeah, the pixel. So oh, sorry, Chris. Oh no, it's uh, it's kind of a mashup between a three D print and a robotic, uh, woven, sewn, um, basically a whole bunch of layers of thread that they run back and forth to make the upper of the shoe. And uh, it's pretty interesting. It looks more like uh, an art piece than it does a shoe, but. I'm I assume it's going to be functional. Yeah, I was just going to add the uh the video is is obviously not related. Uh I just figured during our 3D printed talk we could have, you know, a picture of an actual or a video of an actual 3D printer going. But yes, I did see those shoes and um I'm going to see if I can't uh pull them up while uh we keep talking about them here. Right, well, yeah, and I, I saw you could like you could conform it like it was like the, to to fit each foot, so it's like kind of perfectly whatever your arches or something. And to me, it's just like, and it takes about uh, thirty minutes to design the perfect running shoe. And you know, after two months, it's just they're going to end up in the closet. You know what I mean? Because nobody likes to jog. 
Well, and I was looking at the uh, the 3D print, John, the sole is like a spongier looking material. So I'm assuming they're using like a TPU for that. Yeah, I would assume uh, they're using a TPU as well. I think they even said or it was something similar to a TPU. Um, and TPU is a flexible 3D filament that allows you more cushion and squish and usually bends back to its original form. Once you've squished it, it kind of pops right back. Well, I, I just think it's funny that they're making shoes that it ends in PU. So, so <laughs> I actually had this preloaded, but on so this the is... uh, screen now, yeah, this is TPU, and it's uh, very flexible. And this is, uh, I managed to print this today, unrelated to the shoe story. But it actually seems like the shoe would, uh, using that material, would actually be fairly comfortable, right? Because you're going to be getting that nice pushback from the filament. Uh, and the spongy look of the shoe actually makes it seem like it might be a comfortable run. Yeah, it's especially if it was um, engineered to your foot. Well, and John, do you know this? Because uh, maybe this is, I, I grew up in Arizona. So I, what I think is how much, if this is a shoe and I want to go run in the summertime on asphalt, like, do you know, I mean, is there any possibility of this like almost re-melting if it gets around 120 or 140? Fahrenheit? I don't think yeah. it would because the the TPU itself uh, prints at 230 degrees C, which is what, close to close to 500 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, yeah. so you think it then should be good? Okay, okay, good to know. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance that you could melt that shoe. Um, certainly, I'm just guessing you're not the fastest runner in the world, so there's a good chance. Chance. Hey, I take not... umbrage with that. My, you haven't. I was. I until the fourth grade, I was the fastest person. And I was the fastest guy, and then some gunslinger beat me, and it was it was all downhill after that. After after I wasn't the fastest kid anymore, I was just despondent. So the <laughs> the cool part is is uh, they say that an hour and thirty minutes is all you need to be able to make this shoe once you get it 3D printed and the robots do the weaving. And they're actually trying to make that production time go down even more to where they might be printing a custom pair of shoes made all by robots within an hour. That's insane. Yeah, that would be quite remarkable to say the least. You think the robots would still take smoke breaks just because just because they have a strong enough union? Well, that's actually one of the questions that I was going to bring up because of what we talked about last week. It does kind of start to seem like the robots might be taking all of our jobs based off of that. Eh, not all of them, but I think that's something that we could potentially discuss later because I've had a few ideas on that. But since we're talking, well, yeah. About... Did, did you see the clip about the radiology robot? Just a heads up. I mean, that's 
you know, we were talking about delivery robots, and that was a, kind of a new thing. Did, did Chris send you that clip? I don't know if I got that. Oh. Yeah, uh, Kirk sent over a clip. They're actually, uh, they are trying to make robots that can take over radiologists' jobs. Oh, and... oh, oh, radiologists. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Uh, I've known about that. Just... They, they, um, they're trying to teach AI to read images and pick out uh, disease processes that are uh, identifiable. And I think it was running like a ridiculously high uh, positive rate of catches versus radiologists. Now, in the interim and what they're trying to sell it as is more of a backup tool to the radiologist to make sure they don't miss anything. Because a sort lot of like of, a second opinion, yeah. Like the, the 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 doctor would be the first, and then they would run it by the the robot to see if he concurs. Yes, um, because on average, and I'm just kind of guessing based on uh, flow that I've seen, a radiologist will read probably a couple hundred images a day, if not more. And uh, yeah, so the chance of you know if you're looking at the same thing over and over and over again, especially for eight hours, um, it can, the chance of you missing something small or something, you know, I've seen it happen. Well, and, and I actually, um, it's weird. We're like, I, I'm reading a, a, the Malcolm Gladwell book and there's an article and he's talking about radio, just basically the, the percentage of it's it's uh, I don't it's not it's all it's, it's almost kind of a crapshoot like it's hard to like that's a very difficult field just the minute looking at the film and like that's a difference between metastasizing or calcium and you know so just the the fact that it's such a, a low percentage to, to try to figure out it seems like the robots and the computers would seem more. Uh, I don't know, consistent or accurate in, in kind of a wonky field. Yeah, sorry. So it's it's definitely something that could improve general outcome of patients because, I mean, just like anyone, radiologist is human and they're going to inevitably miss stuff. Um, that's why radiologists have some of the higher malpractice insurance just because of mm -hmm. the um uh the possibility that missing something could be very detrimental and that, that's what he's saying just and, and they, the thought of well if you get regular checks up checkups then everything is should be a-okay but it's like well it's still even with regular checkup it's still there's this margin of kind of you know it's not exact science but people because it's almost like they, if you take your car and you get the oil change, then it's always supposed to work. I think that's kind of the attitude that people have kind of taken with this, where it's, it's a little more difficult than that. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know about Chris, but I've definitely had oil changes where I drove home and then all of the oil that was just changed ended up in the driveway. Yes, that happened to me. <laughs> but yeah, too. maybe. <clears throat> maybe robots changing the oil in the cars might be a better solution. Uh, I don't, I don't know if they're going to get it right, right away, but you know, user error in that respect is very detrimental to the car. Yes. 
Right. And I think it just has to be like boredom, just the repetition and just like just not paying attention or something. And that's a human being with a brain can get bored, but the robot is not supposed to. Yeah. Well, and they, they should be programmed to do the same exact thing every single time based on certain situations. Well, and that goes for these shoes as well, right? Like these uh, robots are being used to thread these um, weaves back and forth, back and forth, over and over and over again. And theoretically, they should be able to produce that same effect every single time they do it because they're just working on a plan. Well, and it's, it's if you look at it, it's just a really – I would assume it's just a really scaled-down version of like a uh, car factory. Because a car factory, I mean, you know, you hear that they can build a car in a couple hours, and you think, well, that's that's not possible until you look, and as the car goes down, it's just robots coming in, doing a precise movement, pulling away, and the car moves down to the next one, and another set of robots comes in and does a precise movement and keeps on going like that. Right, and so... And that's in that your your three D the three D printer by the way it looks like Darth Vader DJ Darth Vader can I say that it looks like it's <laughs> okay sorry just say okay back to back to what we were talking about uh, I, I'm gonna point this out too just because it is brand new that is the Pressa Mark three that just came in this week Mark and 3 I know S plus. Mark three as pedantic Ooh. about it <laughs> for the for the douches in the crowd, um, aka the good one. Well, so some would argue. that did that did come in this week, and I know John was excited about it, and so I figured I would just throw that out on the podcast. It kind of looks like fun. Luke. I will print your father. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so. This was definitely a roller coaster of emotions, um, and I won't I won't name names, but a certain delivery company uh, managed to deliver it to the wrong place, and then gave me a runaround for two days, and actually no. managed to recover it and bring it to me. So I am very happy it is now working. And I I bet if it was a robot, it would have happened twice. The robot would have lost your package much more efficiently. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, uh, Kirk, let's go ahead and jump on into your corner because I'm kind of curious to see what John's done with it this week. And oh, uh, <laughs> we're, we're, I want to. <laughs> oh, he's he's Probably calling not. his shot. Oh, this is impressive. <laughs> It'd be so funny if it was just like a stick figure drawing. I'm like, what? That's... <laughs> And here we are into Kirk's Corner. Kirk, take it away. All right. Well, welcome to, to Kirk's Corner. And it looks like still we don't have a glass of water. There's not a glass of water. It's all it's all I wanted. Glass of water and table. And it looks like it's a uh is it a piece of pizza? What is that? Yep. Is that right? Pizza? <laughs> it's all the right. piece of pizza That's... I 3D printed. And oh, okay. The one you printed from last week. Okay, nice. Yeah. And then uh, I still like the egos. Still, that's my <laughs> just the championship ego still kills me every time. Um, 
Why? Awesome. Well done again. Um, I think right, you this week I thought I've, I've been doing Kirk, more jokes. What, what's up? I believe you missed the new edition this week. What did I? What? Okay, let me know what I missed. It's like it's like a highlights magazine. I guess <laughs> I missed one. Look! Look up! Look up! Uh, the the light. Is that a light or a bug zapper? It's <laughs> it, a, it it's, a it's, an anima, it's an anima bag. What is it? I said it may be spud related. Oh, that's me, the potato. I me changing the yeah, getting the broken light bulb out of the. Wow, it's, it's so. I, I talk about stuff and then I forget about it and then I have to then remember via, uh, John's drawings. <laughs> Well, hey, well, well done. Nice detail work. I'm, now I'm kind of, I'm almost wondering what's going to end up, you know what, tune in next week to see what's added to Kirk's Corner. It's going to be pretty full pretty soon. It's going to be a pack rat situation. Hoarders. Um, well, thank you for that. Uh, like I said, I, I, a little different corner, uh, Kirk's Corner. Let's do something. I, I did, I was a stand-up comic for about 15 years. I ran a show, I performed, so... A lot of people under the pandemic, they kind of like they were bored and they want to do stuff. So if you've ever thought about trying stand up, a lot of people ask me, how, how do you do that? So I thought I'd just kind of give you a little, uh, little brief version of kind of here's, here's what you do. There's basically, there's three ways. If you, if you've ever thought about doing stand up, uh, there's open mics at bars and coffees, coffee houses, place like that. Uh, then you can go to the find your local comedy club. They usually have a night where they'll let up new people. And then there's comedy workshops and classes. Those are the three, really the the main ways. And and I could I'll talk a lot about all of them, but I was going to focus on open mics because that's the easiest way. That's the quickest way. Essentially, just it, it, Google, go to your social media, your Twitter, your Facebook, just local comedy night in your area find it the the magazine that has the advertisements for the head shops the newspaper if you want to go old school just look in there and find comedy night find one pick it out call before you go because a lot of times they leave the ads up and the show's not there so just save yourself some trouble just call and go hey do you guys still doing that show if they are awesome just show up watch the show talk to the bartender find out who runs the show Talk to just say hey, just introduce yourself. A uh, little little tip: the person running the show, they're busy, they're working, so just say hey, let them do their work, and then like talk to them after the show, and just enjoy the show, watch the show, see if you want to be a part of that. If it's a horrible show, you don't want to go there. But if you watch and enjoy, and you're a good audience member, um, I, you have a better appreciation for the 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 show, and then you want to go on it, and then just talk to the person afterwards and go, hey, how do I get on? And then just that's how you do it. And then once you do that, just hang around after the show, talk to the comics, find out where other good shows are. They can kind of recommend, hey, if you're a newbie, this is a nice show, this is a good show. We recommend that. Um, so just yeah, it's just be just be pleasant, be nice, enjoy the show, support the show, tip the wait staff. It's every bar show you go to is the whole point is to make money so if the bartender isn't making money she ain't happy they ain't happy so it's the show is better when the bartender's happy and then she can talk up the show so just it's not all about you support the show and then go enjoy the show and give it a chance so that's just the bare basics that's how you do an open mic did any any questions from you guys? Does that does that make sense? 
if I wasn't so unfunny, I would probably take you up on that advice. <laughs> well, if you've ever thought about doing it, you should try it once. I'll just say that. If you've never, not, it's not for everybody, not knocking it, but yeah, if you give it a shot once, because you'll know pretty, it's, it's, it's a good feeling or when it, and it doesn't go well, it's, boy, it's, it's not a good one, <laughs> but it's, at least you can say you did it. See, I'm one of those people that can, if I'm lucky, I come up with a fast enough quip or response like once every four or five months, <laughs> if I'm lucky. And, the, and also to the people, like, I'm, I'm funny around my friends or blah, blah, blah. Like, the, it's like, well, you know, if you're saying Will Ferrell quotes to your friends at a house party, you kind of have, it's not, it's different. You know what I mean? Like, there's, you got to have some jokes. Like, you do have to um it's just like with music chords you gotta know your chord. like you gotta have a couple punchlines. it can't you know like uh, joe rogan pat oswald they can go two minutes without a, a laugh because they you've they've earned your trust they're going someplace if they if you are new they don't know who you are so if you go 30 seconds without getting a laugh up front they're gonna stop listening so just up front a quick joke joke uh, joke joke so, Kirk, I was going to ask you, the one question I did have was, do you have any comedy that any of our listeners can check out if they do choose on their own time? Uh, well, on, on Twitter, I'm posting new jokes all the time. Uh, I'm on Facebook, uh, too. Um, I think you can find it through that. Um, I'm actually, I have a clip on a couple of clips on uh, YouTube, um, and I have a... well. CDs and DVDs, but nobody has CD or DVD players anymore. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> actually, one of one of my I've I've we recorded a bunch of old uh, shows at a place called the Hidden House that I used to run uh, around 2010. So it's been a while, but they were fun shows. It was like a little 50 seat room. Um, so it was uh, were I guess I, I'm having a tech person like John try to go through the archives and find that as we speak. So. Fingers crossed, um, I'll have more information about it. And it's a bar, it's a dirty, it's it's for adults, so it's not for everybody. So if you like that, then you can go find it. How about that? Yeah. Chris, that sounds like a great thing to tweet out for Mr. Uh, Kirk Buckout. I will do that. Not right now, but... <laughs> <laughs> Kirk, thank you so much for all that information. Um, I have been thinking about maybe writing up a few bits and trying some open mics. So maybe I'll hook up with you and we can, uh, you know, maybe yeah, I, I, I love, I, I love putting, getting up brand new people up and like if any, anybody listening, if they have questions, even like I say, it's not as a, as a career, but just like, Hey, how do you do this? Or like, that would be fun. I, I like talking about it and it's, 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 it's fun to give people, uh, um, like, the, like I said, you said you can, you can do that. You did, you know, you thought about doing it, you tried it, and now you can stop thinking about it. You know what it is. All right. Well, with that, I think we'll close out on Kirk's Corner for the week. And uh, mostly not to cut you off, Kirk, but I am super excited to jump into our debate topic of the week, which is aliens. aliens. This week we're going to be... And this is not about the movie. This is not about uh, Sigourney Weaver, right? <laughs> not at all. Well, well I mean... Maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> she may come up. <laughs> um, 
aliens is always an interesting topic for most people. Everybody has their own opinion on aliens, conspiracies. Uh, you know, do they exist? Don't they exist? What do they look like? Are they green men with big heads and huge eyes? Who knows? But as somebody with a big head, I'm offended by that. I'm outraged. Uh, <laughs> I wish I were I'm, sorry. I'm uh, offended, good sir. Okay. So, John, I want to start this off and I'm going to throw this in your court. Do aliens exist? I absolutely I believe so. Okay, that's a very... That ends that. All right, now you're... <laughs> no, come on, explain yourself, good sir. Well, I mean, just in... Uh, just from what we have... Or the information we've already gathered, they've determined that there is probably life on Venus. Um, there's liquid water on some of the moons around... It's Jupiter or Saturn, I'm drawing a blank. But just just from that, just in our limited uh, sphere of influence, which is the solar system, the fact that we have potentially discovered life on multiple planets that we thought could not support life, one could invariably assume that out of the billions and billions of stars and planets that are out there, uh, at least... Even if the, the rates were ridiculously low, there would still be millions and millions of alien uh, ha or civilizations out there. Could they be dead and long gone? Could they be? So your argument is just it's a number. It's, it's a numbers. Oh, absolutely. It's basically, your argument it's a numbers game. It's a big, it's a big giant thing. There's got to be something out there. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of jump back and forth. I mean, looking at a story that had just come up, they said that the ISS has found new bacteria on it that they haven't seen before, which could theoretically represent some sort of alien life. And, you know, sometimes I think it's with all the galaxies and the vastness of the universe that, you know, it seems a little bit, uh, trite to think that we are all alone as a uh, a race but then on the other side i'm like how do we know we've been searching we've been doing all this stuff for such a long time well theoretically not that long but uh we have not had any contact or like visible contact with anybody or anything so are we just that primitive or are we way more advanced than anything that may be out there? It's a, it's, it's probably a little bit of a mix. No, I, I have heard the argument that, that pe yeah, they're, they're, they look at us as dummies. Cause we don't, they're, <laughs> they're still fighting each other. Oh, they haven't moved on to, I don't know, teleporting yet. Pfft, idiots. Well, and so I was going to say Beetlejuice, but Beetlejuice isn't closest. Uh, Alpha Pro or Alpha Centauri, that's still about five light years away, meaning that any signal we send would take five years to get there, five years to get back. And that's our closest neighbor. And <laughs> seven, seven years if it was Verizon. <laughs> <laughs> but just the just the vast majority, like 
I, and I don't remember off the top of my head, but the next closest are, you know, 10 years or 10 light years or, you know, and it, it's, I, I want to say, I can't remember how big the, uh, the, the galaxy is itself, but, um, I'm trying to type and talk at the same time. It's not working. So the Milky really Way big. galaxy is 52,000 light years across, which means that, you know, the vast majority of the Milky Way, we are seeing from 100, 200, 300 plus years away. Like the the farthest edge is probably 30,000 years in Earth's past that we're currently viewing it at. So if there was a civilization over there and they sent something out, they would have had to have done it 30,000 years ago. Um, same with even, you know, civilizations that are 100 or 200 light years away. If they, you know, if we sent out something and it reached them, it would take the exact same amount of time to get back. And since we haven't been creating radio waves all that long, I mean, I think Kirk might be able to help me out better with this. But, I mean, most of our radio waves have been within the last 100 years. And... So our, yeah. Yeah. our our expanse right now is about 100 light years. Not to mention that that 100 light years on the very edge of our, um, I guess you could call it, you know, wave of radio signals. Those are going to be very weak and way less powerful than the ones that we've done in the last 10 or 20. But they still are tie or speed limited by the speed of light. So... If there is someone else out there and they're, you know, even if they were 50 light years away, they would still only be getting like uh, Charlie Chaplin's movies. Mm. Could and we I, could we hook could we hook up the speed of light to the clapper? And then if we clap real fast, <laughs> it could speed it up and then move it. Just I'm spitballing here. I'm not an <laughs> astrophysicist by any chance. Well, the the idea of especially looking at our logo, my thought is like a black hole. Where does that black hole go? Nobody knows. Could it go to a parallel universe or a different galaxy? Or, you know, is or, there another group of people on the other side just looking back at it? Like you instantaneously same... over thousands of years? Could just be an orange <laughs> Julius in, in San yeah. Mateo. Galaxy, so, you know. This is my orange Julius. Well, and right. see, that's that's another part of it is we still don't have, from my perspective, a great grasp on uh, spatial physics because wormholes are theoretically thought to exist. We've never seen one. I mean, it wasn't until, what, last year that the first actual recorded picture of a black hole came out? Up until then, it was all theoretical. Right. And so that's kind of my point is our Earth is, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of years old. And if you look at, well, (laughs) thousands, billions. (laughs) (laughs) Always correcting me. You, you, you made the earth blush. The bird was like, Ooh, uh, I'm not young. (laughs) I've got a wife, Kirk. I know the game. So (laughs) always guess low. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, if you, 
look at the amount of technological advance. We've only really been technologically advanced for, you know, less than a hundred years. So the idea of our technology, maybe in the next hundred years, we get to a point where we could actually communicate with other uh, areas of the, of the world, but it'll be, uh, it's one of those topics that you, nobody knows. And so well, you kind of get a, oh, I believe, oh, I don't believe, or, oh, well, who knows? Well, and right now we're just talking about, you know, are, is there anything out there? And you were talking about earlier about conspiracies. And it's very possible that, you know, we've already had intervention or, you know, aliens visit. And the, you know, they're star tracking us, essentially. Well, and that was going to be one of my questions I asked you was like, do you think that the government is hiding aliens in like Area 51? As everybody knows, the big conspiracy. Possible. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we don't or can't explain that happens frequently. Um and there's been ancient depictions of what could be arguably described as, you know, aliens. And, like, have you ever been to Red Rocks Amphitheater? Like, that would be where the aliens would land. Like, if you looked at the rocks, they look kind of slanty. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like, that's where the, the aliens are just landing at Red Rocks, and then the musicians are just crazy aliens, and that's why they can play that music and we can't. <laughs> Thoughts? So... And my my other big theory for this is, and this could just be related to religion, but if you look at the, um, I'm trying to remember where, but there's a lot of different examples all over the world of the art that's built into the ground that you can only see from the sky. Do you know what I'm talking about? Stonehenge. No, not Stonehenge. Are, talking about Are you talking about like crop circles? Well, yes, but man-made ones. You know, um, I want to say it's in Argentina, but I don't know if that's accurate. Uh, the big pictures in the ground that you can only see if you're flying above that we had no idea existed until, you know, planes were invented and we started flying and seeing these things in the ground that could only be seen from the air. That I haven't seen. I'm trying to think of the actual term for it. I think it's your high. <laughs> if only. Well, and they the thing I have trouble with and I kind of jump back and forth on is I see like recently uh the one of the big ones that I heard about was the Tic Tac UFO that was actually, you know, caught on radar of a fighter jet that was like able to go from 60,000 feet to sea level in a second or something like that that's hard to refute because you have like video evidence of it basically but in the other section i'm like skeptical i'm like eh, was it was it just a radar malfunction what well, you know well and so it, i could... yeah it could be a bunch of things but the uh the other thing i don't really rely on too much as alien abductions 
No, because a lot of a lot of people have alien abductions, and that just doesn't seem like the uh, that doesn't seem legit. Yeah, this, they're just on a drunken bender, and they just make up a story. Why? Why? We just go all in. What the hell? Just say all it right. was aliens. Boom. Here we go. They're called uh, Nazca lines. I don't know if you guys can see this. I have Wikipedia pulled up. Oh, okay. I I hadn't seen these before. Yeah, they're just... You they're... pulled up pictures of stretch marks. <laughs> yeah. There but, stretch they're, marks? but they're in the ground in... Uh, Nymphu was saying uh, Mexico. But I think there's... These are all over the... Um, all over the world. Because I know there's some in, like around the UK and uh, yeah, they're just everywhere. Uh, that seemed like lines. I mean, if it said like, Hey, I'm an alien. How's it going? Like that would, all right. You got a point there. That, that's just like uh, ge geographical stuff. Like, I don't know, but I'm, I mean, un I'm unconvinced. My, my thought is why would they do these into the ground? A not being able to see them. Unless there was, you know, a reason for them. What if it was just dumb luck? They were just building something, and that's the way they did it, and they had no idea. They were just, just well, wah, wah. I mean, some of them look surprisingly like, you know, actual things. Well, yeah, but being... It's like a horoscope. You can see what you want to see. You can, and, you know, it's a Rorschach yeah, test. As Nymphu's bringing up, they're miles long. These aren't, you know, small little things in the ground. These are massive artworks that are just in the ground. Yeah, but I'm still skeptical because there's a very real possibility that people could have done that. Uh, just like a lot of the crop circles you see are people who, you know, made them into a crop just to make it look like an alien encounter. Well, I, I don't disagree with you, but a lot of these weren't discovered until people started flying. Well, so it was just a really long play then. <laughs> but I mean, like I said at the beginning, I don't know if this, you know, it's potential it could be you know, just religious based, but well, chatter on YouTube, they're, they're, they're talking about other stuff. They're talking about somebody's anniversary present. <laughs> anyway, sorry. What, so what do we, sorry. <laughs> well, just, just throwing it, throwing it out there. The, the audience may not be riveted. Well, yeah. And you know what? I think aliens is an interesting topic, especially if multiple people can chime in. Uh, me, I'm kind of a skeptic. I don't know where I stand, but I don't necessarily believe. Uh, but John, it sounds like you have a pretty good firm well, grasp on the fact that aliens do exist. And Kirk, I have no idea where you stand. Uh, it's it's like a big it's so far away it's out of my area so i don't care either way they haven't affected me one way or the other so i don't think about them they don't think about me so <laughs> you know like bigfoot like i don't i don't, don't care <laughs> well there you go i just don't recommend uh watching ufo videos and then driving home at midnight it, it usually doesn't end well
It's like watching a horror film, and yeah, yeah. Oh, there's somebody coming after you. It's somebody with a machete, but it's somebody in a, you know, spaceship. Same thing. Well, yeah. hopefully everybody, uh, whether or not you believe in aliens or not, hopefully that will spark some debate on your side as to whether you want to talk about aliens or you just think it's a hoax or you don't actually believe aliens are in area 51 but if you I, live with an alien please <laughs> take a picture of him send him in come on be a good on it <laughs> and no pictures of alf please we know no he's gonna eat your cat. hey willie i ate your cat <laughs> so john I, I i i did see there was some spacex stuff going on this week a lot uh, of spacex what stuff. do you got what do you got to talk so we'll start off easy with they've disassembled the first booster, the first uh, super heavy booster. It's got was cut in half um, and not the long way, which is what I thought when I heard that it was cut in half. They just started taking it apart at the, the sections. So um, it was more of a hamburger instead of a hot dog. Yes. Uh SN15 is on the pad. It was cryoproofed. Elon's thinking it's going to fly next week at some point. And then the big news is NASA awarded SpaceX the lunar landing missions. So Starship is going to potentially be what NASA uses to land back on the moon. Oh, so they... They definitely got a big contract on that one. Holy cow. Just a little bit. I also saw that people were like booking dragon flights to the ISS with like in a week. As in they Well, I know that that's part of and that's that whole thing with like Blue Origin and all the other ones is they want to start orbital tourism to the ISS and SpaceX is definitely in the forefront to do it. Cause as, as of right now, the only two rockets that are making trips to Soy or to the ISS are the Soyuz and the, uh, the dragon. Yeah. I They're think they're going to so. still lose your luggage in the process. <laughs> they're going to figure out a way, right? Well, and if it's lost on this, it, it it's, Coming it's, back a little toasty. It got the it sucked up in the orbit of Neptune. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough to get that back. <laughs> we apologize. It's been incinerated and in in going into orbit. The uh, they said that they were worried about like uh, space traffic. Now it's actually going to be a thing. Now that people well, are successfully getting up to. The ISS, they're worried about too many launches. Well, and that's the other thing I was uh, going to bring up is I watched a video and it was going over SpaceX's um, the design process and what they're doing in uh, Boca Chica, Texas. And Elon wants to be able to make, I think it was two starships a week have two starships a week coming out of Boca Chica, which would mean that, you know, after a certain amount of time, especially if they're, you know, doing like 
suborbital or orbital, uh, basically airplanes. Um, his goal of sending, you know, a hundred starships to Mars would only take a year of production to get enough to go to Mars. Has has anybody ever suggested that Elon is just a giant huckster? Because I mean, it sounds you you name it Starship, and then you have a bunch of computer nerds work endlessly on it, and then at the end there's nothing. It's like it's like he's it's like a circus. Like, is there has anybody ever thrown that out there? Just could be making this up. My <laughs> guess is that if anybody on the planet Earth is an alien, it might be Elon Musk. He's a weird dude. He's an odd. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. seem, you know, um, human-like would not be the first qualities I would, hey, name five things. Uh, human-like well, would not be in the top five. Same with uh, Zuckerberg. All the- He's a weird, and that, yeah, that's the guy that's running your computer, just this dead eye, just weird, didn't go outside much, and he's in charge of the way your brain thinks now, and that's fine. Like if, Creepy. If any- if anybody's seen Men in Black, those would be people who are on the screen of yeah. aliens on Earth. Yeah, they just don't like. Are you? Are, you look like a human. You kind of know what a human's supposed to, but there's some kind of. What are you thinking? Ones and zeros. <laughs> I, I can tell. You're 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 you've you've matrixed over. You've. You're an advanced speed. You're much smarter at computers, so somehow you're a genius, I guess. <laughs> but you've obsessed about this more than I have. So I actually uh, also had some information to run across from the Ingenuity helicopter. Last week I had said they were supposed to fly on Sunday. They got postponed. They said that they would be going for Wednesday as their next flight date. And it turned out they had to do a software update uh, remotely from the, for the, to change the code or whatever they had to do to fix it. So they did. Look, uh, can we, can we do some sort of contest? Like I'm getting tired of the thing not launching. Like if it doesn't launch, like in two more weeks, you have to like shave your head. Can we do something like that as a way to. (laughs) I have a very long goatee now, Kirk. So if it doesn't launch within the next two weeks, I will shave my goatee off. You will get rid of the goatee. If it's not up until, all right, it's on, it's stated. All right. Excellent. Good. Then we have some something vested interest in this. Makes a little puts a little skin in the game there. Yes. Go, the man may lose his goatee if this thing doesn't. So you better pray, because you don't want to see more of this man's face. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, thanks for that, Kirk. Um, <laughs> so anyway, they uh, the Wednesday deadline did not happen but they were successful in getting the update to the helicopter and they have successfully done a rotor spin-up test and everything did just fine so they are projecting a first flight date of monday now so we hopefully should be seeing a helicopter flying on monday which would be if we if we if we don't then the goatee goes yeah, you gave me two weeks. 
let's cut it down to a week let's yeah let's, let's do five <laughs> yeah john you want to weigh in this a week week seems fair yeah i think a week sounds fair by the by the time the next podcast like on the next podcast if we don't do it you have to shave your goatee on the podcast <laughs> that sounds like terrible podcast to listen to kirk it's hey look we're a low butt look we got Look, shut up. We got no money. We're trying to do something. We're trying to, we're trying to concoct some sort of something. So play along, dummy. <laughs> I I tell you what, if if this thing, if this helicopter doesn't fly this week, I will shave my, my goatee and I will post on Twitter. How about that? All right. All right. Something. Get a little. <laughs> the goatee must go. Or will it? Bum, bum, bum. Well, I think that is the perfect time since we're already here. How about, guys, we go a little off topic this week? Kirk, take it away. Oh, so that's off topic. What I got this week, totally off topic. Um, basically, there is a Bush Beer released a dog brew. It's alcohol-free uh, beverage that you're supposed to give to your dog. I assume they were just trying to create an alcohol-free bush beer and nobody would drink it. And then someone goes, let's, Christ, let's give it to the dog. See if the dog, and the dog likes it. That's my theory of how it actually happened. But it's actually, it's made of bone broth. So your dog is supposed to eat it. I don't know. So that's just dog brew, and they're looking for a spokesman to a dog that will actually drink bush <laughs> so uh, i saw they, i saw the story it. and they said that uh they're offering this as a paid position for your pooch if you send in a resume and pictures of your dog to be a official taste tester slash face of this bush beer uh dog brew then they'll actually pay you like twenty thousand dollars to yes. to do that I just I I heard dogs dogs are quoted as saying if you were my truly my best friend you wouldn't give me beer without alcohol. <laughs> oh, that's a quote from dogs. They got they have a spokesperson. Well, you have a dog. I assume you uh, probably talked to Shoop and listened to what she had to say about it. Yeah, she was like, "That's uh, yeah." I mean, she, we've lived in Colorado for a while, so it'd have to be some weird like micro brew. <laughs> I'm just she's gotten she's gotten beer snobby. Well, it's an interesting thought though. You just send them a picture and uh uh throw a little um resume in there and maybe your dog will make you twenty thousand dollars to drink some bone broth beer. I mean Who knows? Could happen exactly. So if you got a was, dog that was a little better. that was a little off topic. <laughs> John, what do you got this week? I had the, uh, oh, I sent it to you too. The uh, Venezuelan um, has the biggest, I'm stalling for time, obviously, if you can't tell. Uh, no, not Venezuela, Singapore, sorry. Is now home to one of the world's largest uh, floating solar farms. So they have put essentially a lot of... Uh, of 
solar panels on what essentially looks like a barge. Um, I don't know if it's a dock or if it's just a barge, but it's uh, capable of offsetting more than 4,000 tons of carbon dioxide per year. So it's sort of it's sort of like the uh, the windmills, like the wind farms in the ocean. It's it's solar panels on barges and docks. Yeah. So, okay. Um, Which it's, is it's really cool. I I read the story that you sent, and this is just really just a gigantic floating solar panel, basically, and it can make a lot of energy. Yep. 13,000 panels spread over about seven football fields. Um, it's expected to produce an estimated 6 million kilowatts of hours of energy per year. Um, and I, I'm horrible with energy, so I don't know uh, the equivalent. Of... It'll, it'll power your stereo, but it'll only play Beach Boys albums, which is fine, <laughs> but it's a little weird. It's like, come on, guys, you're just because you're from the water. I think it said that it could offset the energy usage of about 700 people. Yeah, I. that seems like a little... Well, I mean, I guess it's it's only about seven football fields, so... If, if, if it does offset 700 people, that's still a significant amount because, I mean, the ocean is massive. Uh, what is it, 70% of the world's volume is just ocean? And if we can off-put and put some of our energy production out there, like with the wind turbines and stuff like that, that would be amazing. And yeah, it does seem something about like when you go to the the beach in the ocean, you would get sunburned or something. So it's something about the sand or the water, like it's reflective or something. It seems like the a lot of solar energy is seems like you get burnt at the, the beach. Well, I mean, it wouldn't. Yeah, you get. I mean, the same thing happens when you go like skiing or snowboarding. The sun reflecting off the uh, the snow will. Uh... Right, it's bouncing off the whiteness of the snow, so the sand. Not as white, but sort of in the same ballpark. Yeah. And something about water, too. When you go to lakes, something you get burnt at the lakes, too, because it's something bouncing. I swear, there's, uh, once again, not a scientist, just my experience, usually get burnt at the lake. Yeah, and I, I you're absolutely all right. It's just reflecting off the, uh, the water surface, and that's what increases the chances of getting burnt and all that. But, unfortunately, that really wouldn't help solar panels because they're going to be sitting on top of the water. One of the things I saw was a hard part is actually getting the electricity from the solar panels to where it needs to go because they're dealing with uh, water. Well, and that's, they've, people have tried a long time to try and harvest energy from water because just the tides coming in and out can, generate a ridiculous amount of energy the problem is the sea and the ocean is salt water and salt water will corrode and rust anything as fast as it can um, and that's the biggest hurdle is you put steel or metal stuff out there and it eventually becomes uh, corroded and rusted and will just disintegrate and fail long before it creates any sort of net positive. 
you would lose money having to keep changing out the parts yes. to deal with the corrosion. Yes. Well, speaking of dealing with stuff, I'm going to jump into my off-topic story because this is the most frightening thing I have seen in a long time. These people from Australia found they bought like a package, like two heads of lettuce in a bag. And inside was a venomous snake. I don't like eating lettuce as it is. And now you're going to throw snakes in there. The That's the best the part that Chris, look, once you said lettuce, I was out. I was already horrified. So you can stop right there. Throw a snake in there. Oh, go to hell. Now what's it's on? Huh? There is nothing more terrifying than snakes. And then you throw them in my lettuce. No, thank you. I'm done. No more lettuce for me. It's you're you're acting like you would actually eat lettuce to begin with. You gotta throw bacon on it. You gotta <laughs> trick yourself. You got there's some sort of, and then you transition to a lean turkey. It's just a it's a stepping down. It's you can do it. It's possible. <laughs> uh, hell no, not with snakes in there. Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, yes, yeah, so you you got a point there. It's look after the bacon. The poisonous snake, and then the what, 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 what was that last one? Don't worry about it, John. Uh, I gotta ask, what in the world is that? <laughs> I, I completely forgot about it because I was gonna bring it up during the 3D printing stuff because my daughter keeps harassing me about it. But um, this is a leopard gecko, and since you started talking about reptiles, I was like, hey, I could bring up a picture of a reptile since I completely forgot about it. So that's not Gordon Gecko, the guy from Wall Street. That's not no. the the greed is good guy. He looks like it. He looks <laughs> there's this, he has some skin. He might you know maybe some. There is some menace, menace in those eyes. Well, and the the reason I was going to bring this up is I three D printed that enclosure there for him. All right. Well, that's pretty cool. It looks like a beer mug. Like I look, I see beer, and then the white part. It looks like a, a head of foam. So it looks like he's in the middle. He's like in Oktoberfest. <laughs> I don't see that. I can see it now that you pointed it out, but it seems kind of mean to the gecko. It would probably, you know, that would be too much alcohol for a gecko. Like he's he's way past his limit. Do not <laughs> do not give that gecko your keys. He's not going to drive you home safe. <laughs> But, I mean, I don't know. It could be a really cool gecko, and I don't know much about geckos because I hate reptiles. Seriously, I'm never touching a head of lettuce again. <laughs> uh, you, it's not a, you, were, you were looking for a reason to not touch lettuce, and now yeah. you just found one. <laughs> yeah, and see, now I, I can sleep better at night knowing that I'm not going to eat lettuce because there might be poisonous snakes in there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ever again. No salad. You're, oh. <laughs> well, uh, here we are at the end of our show, and I was going to throw out there that, once again, I am super excited for MLB The Show to come out this week. It does come out Tuesday uh, next weekend. 
we have something very big planned and i hope everybody will join us for that it, it's going to be very, fun. Very, very big doesn't very very big <laughs> i don't throw i'm going to throw in i don't care what anybody i'm throwing in an extra very and you can you know what listen to the show next week and if you don't like it i will apologize for the extra very but i ain't gonna <laughs> so next week we will be joining the mlb the show and that will be our stream with something a little special this week uh we will be jumping on to a halo stream after the show and guys it hasn't been very good but no guarantees it's going to get better <laughs> it's not going to so... get better <laughs> but do join us because we do like to see you in the chat kirk me and john will all be there and uh hopefully this show has been uh provoking as far as aliens keep talking about them maybe they'll show up and uh make their presence known john always good to see you kirk thanks for joining us always i will be here next week looking forward to the games and it, it looks like the 3d printer is printing a waffle that's a waffle or a bug zapper or a tennis racket but it's odd that anyway once it finishes we'll put up a picture of what it what it actually was tomorrow on twitter that's the cup right is that the, the honeycomb cup no 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 this, no, no. this right, one's right, different. Right. okay so we will it's tweet it out tomorrow Yes, it is a teaser, go. Kirk. Nice. It's got two hours left. Everybody out there, thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Yeah, have a good one. But stick around for Adios. the show, for Halo. Do stick around for Halo.